Hey everyone, this is TJ McCants, and you're listening to my podcast. Um, today on my show, I will be having Mr. Ali out of California, and I will be asking him a few questions about his uh, job and how he goes about things. So, uh, Mr. Ali, what are the three most common emergency calls? This will be medical calls. Um, probably 75% of our calls now are medical for uh, fire in Los Angeles. And uh, this also includes um, any type of uh, uh, trauma or um, physical medical issue like a stroke, heart attack, um, broken bones from any type of trauma, vehicle accidents, stuff like that. Um, so, yeah, medical calls are account for uh, 75% of our calls. And it could be anything, like I said, from a, a fingernail scratch or a hang, hangnail. People will call us for the little things. Or it'll be, you know, something uh, major like a, a, a full arrest, which is a heart attack with somebody not breathing. And uh, we have to do CPR and advanced life support. Um, all of our uh, uh, firefighters here are paramedics or EMTs. Uh, second most common call is we are in an area with about 60 high-rise buildings and mid-rises. So going on those uh, buildings for uh, fire alarms or small fires, um, usually there's activations of pool stations or smoke detectors. We go on those all day, all night. So um, usually they amount to nothing, but sometimes they're a real fire. So uh, just think of all the high-rise buildings in Los Angeles and all the mid-rises and <clears throat> any type of uh, issue from somebody burning popcorn and setting off a smoke detector. Firehouse response. Um, or also, uh, let's see, on those, yeah, just any fire alarm by activation, activations in these, um, in those buildings. All right, so lots of buildings, lots of alarm activations. And the last one would be, we call nuisance calls. This could be anything from uh, somebody has a smell of an odor, they call us out in the area, you know, or um they have uh any type of uh issues with uh that they need fire help like maybe uh they're it could be anything their their vehicles leaking fuel into the street and they need help uh getting the fuel picked up or us taking care of that then just any type of nuisance call anything you could think of across the board um uh, another example just the other day we had a kid's arm stuck in a vending machine that was trying to grab free food that's a nuisance call. His arm stuck. We just get his arm free. So uh, that's the that's uh, the end of uh, that. So you got it. Medical calls, uh, fire alarm activations, and just nuisance calls. Just anything. People call us for the craziest things. All right. Oh, that's very interesting. Uh, I didn't know you you guys uh, experienced calls about all those types of issues. Um, but uh, on to the next question. Um, what are the few of the biggest obstacles you face on a daily basis? Uh, due to the many responsibilities that occur as a first responder. I know there are little things that pop up into y'all's schedules, so uh, please elaborate and tell me about a few of them. We're really lucky here. We have a huge budget, lots of the best equipment, so we don't have that many obstacles. I would say the biggest obstacle is they just give us too many hats to wear, meaning they give us, instead of just re, you know, just concentrating on doing um, emergency calls, they give us like, a bunch of reports, evaluations, a bunch of um, what they call um, uh, assignments, special assignments. Like I'm in charge of all the training. I'm in charge of all the radios. I'm in charge of uh, 
all the facilities. So I got instead of just doing concentrating with my firefighters and my medics and do and concentrating and training on what we need to, you just you're doing like 20 different things now. So that's the biz, biggest obstacle is they're just giving you uh, more to do and um, less time. Well, wow, that's actually uh, pretty like crazy. Like I didn't know you guys were in a so had such a big responsibility in so many uh, areas. You know, uh, I know y'all have like a a huge weight on y'all's back for like um, basically people's lives been in y'all's hands and sometimes and stuff like that. But I didn't know y'all had so many responsibilities and um, uh, obligations that they gave y'all and that y'all had to be um, on duty for. But that's uh, that's really interesting to know. Um, uh, on to the next question. Um, what make it, what recommendations? Sorry about that. Do you have for a person coming onto the scene of an incident? Recommendation I would give is um, don't become part of the problem. Uh, make sure it's safe before you jump into any type of issue. Uh, for example, if you see two people down and you walk right over and there might be a live electrical wire and you just walk into the same area they do, now all of a sudden you're down. So just make sure it's super safe before you jump in um, into the fray before you get injured too and just become part of the problem. So that's probably the biggest recommendation. And then... Uh, when getting on any type of incident prior to first responders getting there, uh, the other recommendation is get us activated as soon as you can. Before you get into it, call 911. Get get the first responders coming so help's on the way. Those are your rec recommendations. All right. Yeah, yeah, I think that's really good advice. Um, I think people's first reaction when they see um, like a problem or incident or something like that is to, you know, take action and, you know, really look up for like a, any problems or like look at their surroundings to see if everything's safe. So I think that's a really good tip for uh, people who are running into an incident. So um, thank you for that. Um, <clears throat> sorry. What is your most memorable EMS call? Um, and what outcome and effect did it have on you personally? Okay, so this would be um, anybody that was basically dead when you got there and then you're able to you're able to uh, get an outcome where they are able to survive. And it really becomes, there's probably about uh, 10 times where I've had that where somebody's completely gone and we get them back. And the next thing you know, they show up at the firehouse with their family and um, they're thanking you and all the personnel, all the people that were there to help in that situation with uh, that patient. So that's, uh, those are always, always memorable because you know you see the effects the, 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 as far as the people that, that it would have affected, affected if they did die. And then now they're there with you and it's usually a pretty emotional time. So that's a, any time that happens, that's pretty amazing. All right. Yeah, man, that must be super cool. Um, I can't imagine how it feels to actually know that you brought someone you know, back to life and have their family and that person, you know, um, show their um, thanks and everything for doing such a great act. And, um, <clears throat> I've actually experienced one of these myself. Um, I wasn't able to actually be there, but I, uh, heard about it and, um, apparently a first responder was able to bring back one of my family members that I'm actually pretty close to. So, uh, that was really good to hear because, uh, I heard the bad part first. I heard about her, uh, not probably not going to make it back. So, um, really thank you for that. And, you guys been able to perform on such a like a, a high 
risk level, like at a at, um, where the stakes are so high. So um, thanks for that. So um, for my last question, um, I just want to ask what emergency medical supplies should everyone keep in their cars and homes so that they can uh, remain safe in, in your opinion? So. So that would be obviously the basic uh, first aid stuff. Um, the one change you're going to do now today is probably keep an extra mask and gloves just due to uh, transmission of any um, type of a communicable diseases, especially COVID now at this point. So just basic medical supplies, um, uh, something to uh, wrap uh, an arm to stop bleeding, maybe some gauze or um, uh, pat trauma pads, like if somebody has a severe bleed. Uh, type of sling to put a broken limb in, like an arm, you know, support support the person, and um, and then just the other basic first aid stuff. Uh, a CPR mask is always good if you have to give mouth to mouth. We don't normally do that anymore to the public. Uh, I do. We, we use we use BVMs, bag valve masks, but public is not recommended to put their mouth over some stranger's mouth anymore. They just stay on the chest. But if it's a loved one, you might want to have a mask. Uh, there's they have protectors between the mouths to. Uh, protect that from it getting any type of uh issues on your from doing mouth to mouth yeah yeah thanks for that uh i actually got a sense of satisfaction right there i feel like i'm prepared you know i have a i actually have a first aid kit in my uh in my car so <laughs> that's uh well that's good to know for me um uh, i do have a mask well just a regular mask i don't really have the gloves and all that stuff but uh i'll work on getting on i'll work on getting that so uh I can be more ready and stuff for any incident that comes my way. But uh, thanks uh, once again, Mr. Mr. Ali, for being on my show. And uh, I hope you guys learned something from uh, Mr. Ali. Uh, I really appreciate it, uh, all the answers and everything. So um, thank you guys, and that's all for now. Bye.